Keys went it, man! He's gone to give him out, and then he's rubbed his nose. Rubs his nose. Yeah. What about to McCullum, Shane? He might be trying to shake the sweet one after that first one. He might try and slide one in there. Fast. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Podcast. I am your host, Tim Williams. Joining me today is the super coach, Spy. Spy, how are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Just taking it very steady today. The weather's still pretty ordinary, so I decided to crack a couple of beers around lunchtime uh, pre-pod. And yeah, so I'm feeling good leading into this one and we'll see, see what we can churn out for the listeners. Perfect, mate. A few early afternoon scoos, basketball on, cricket tonight, a bit of early supercoach study, so sounds like ideal conditions. Also joining us is Fish, Michael Fisher. Fish, mate, your side's running pretty well. How are you, mate? Yeah, very well. Thanks, Timmy. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm on the other end of uh, the Spires spectrum and uh, good from a couple of coffees this morning, so ready to go. And um, yeah, still a few players to go tonight, so hopefully we can put in a decent score. Good to hear, mate. Spy, how's the side running? Going all right? Yeah, a bit of a mixed week, really. Um, I ended up not being able to get Christian or Philippi in, uh, so I opted for James Vince, who looked really good, actually, before he tried to bloody guide one past the keeper. Just hit him hard, mate. Stick to what you're good at. Um, but not too bad early. I ended up I ended up short of a good skipper option, so I ended up throwing it on Darcy Short just to sort of go against the grain a little bit. Uh, only, he only had a single game, but I thought, you know what Darcy can do. Uh, it ended up looking really bad until he ran a bike out and got a catch to get me out of a bit of trouble. But Shorty Marsh did good things. I'm hoping Aaron Finch will tee off today. So probably a bit early to tell with two games left, but hanging in at the moment on what's a bit of a scary round for me with not a heap of double game week players. So we'll see what happens, boys. Yep, seriously gutsy, ballsy move going Darcy on the single game week skipper option, mate. You um, you must have been nervous watching that one. Well, I actually didn't watch. I, I, you know what happened? I, I couldn't watch because if he got out of it, it too cranky. And I turned on to check the score as he got bowled by Maxwell, bloody round the legs off his glove. Couldn't bloody believe it. <laughs> oh, are you a Maxi owner? No. Nah. <laughs> so that's what I should add it in. Maxi, no Maxi's killing me, so I'm going to... Probably have to replicate that, uh, rectify that, should I say, pretty soon because, geez, batting well, that fella. He is, mate. I, I still can't fathom the amount of teams that don't have him or sold him after that early double. I just – he had the buy and people jumped off. But, you know, bowling overs and key overs, um, looking exceptional with the bat, it really, really has surprised me. But, anyway, the highs and lows of Supercoach. Fish, mate, how's your side running at the moment? What, what's going right? What's going wrong? Yeah, uh, yeah, still uh, chugging along okay. Um, ranked about eighteen hundredth, uh, so had a bit of a, a drop after getting close to the top thousand last week. Um, I'm this round on six seventy five uh, with about eight to play because I had a stack of double game weekers, um, but that does include the likes of uh, Will Sutherland and Dan Hughes and. I actually had uh, Jack Wildermuth as an emergency on the bench and the only way I can get his 80 or so points is to uh, is to take Rashid Khan out. So I'll do that and, and take the 80 points. Um, so eight to play sort of isn't as good as it sounds. Um, in terms of uh, what's gone right, um, happy to have uh, Christian as captain, even though I, I missed Sean Marsh as a loop, um, but happy to have Sean Marsh's points. And... Uh, 
I didn't hold on to Maxi, um, which, yeah, in hindsight wasn't a great call, but after seeing him kind of hit the ball wherever he wants in one round, I thought, oh, no, this is going to be no fun at all not owning him and I won't be able to watch the Stars game. So I brought him back in and, and that was a, wow. uh, a a good call, getting him back. Uh, and uh, in terms of what's gone wrong, um, probably looks like Dwarshus was the better pick out of him and Braithwaite, given Braithwaite only bowled two overs. And, of course, Dwarshus got that quick fire 20 um, to get the uh, the strike rate bonus. And uh, last week I bring in uh, Dan Hughes, um, in, in a bit of a in a bit of a panic, uh, trying to come up with my last trade, sort of in the the few minutes before the lockout. Um, if I had a bit more time, I, I could have gone with someone like one of the Marsh boys or, or someone who has a bit of a better Supercoach record. And uh, you know, finally, uh, just trying to work out the emergency loops as well. I haven't been able to get that right. I seem to have Brian on my bench every week. So uh, whilst I think that's a useful strategy. I, uh, having not done it before, I, I haven't quite been able to get it right. So, um, it's a few things going okay and a bit to learn from as well. Yeah, that's right, mate. And yeah, as I said, around that 1800 mark, you're poised to strike, still in a good enough position that you, you can do some damage. And I was going to say aim for the top thousand, but there's no reason why it can't be higher than that at this stage of the competition. <clears throat> Certainly weren't alone on Dan Hughes there. Um, I was lucky enough to dodge him, um, but he was a very popular pick last week and probably still pretty popular this week. Um, the Mighty Stallions, they're on the rise. We're into the 1700s after a very, very slow start to the tournament. Um, so ticking along pretty well. Round six is looking pretty good thus far. I've got Maxi in there. I've got Wildermuth, who I don't understand what the Heat are doing with him because he he's batting all over the shop. They had a, a few new blokes come into that batting order the last couple of games. I think he came in at about number seven uh, in last night's game. But how about that 31-point play from him? I think it was about 31. He hit a six off the final ball of the game, got him his strike rate bonus, obviously the six points, so massive for Wildermuth. But he had none for 10 off three overs and couldn't get a fourth over in. Like, what more does a man have to do to get a fourth over in a T20? That's but <laughs> Oh, madness. But, yeah, so all going pretty well so far. So hopefully another jump. But uh, as we sort of thought coming into this round, it was, it was tough to decide between – the Renegades who were in the lesser form of, of themselves and the Sixers and the Sixers who were going really well in actual BBL but have such a balanced lineup. You just you, you talked about Brathwaite who didn't get his four overs in the first game. Um, it's, it's hard to work out where how where the overs are going to go to in that Sixers lineup. But, I mean, it shows how much depth they've got, hence why they're running well in the tournament. Um, fellas, in today's episode, we're going to do – we'll cover basically round seven and eight. It's really, really quick turnarounds from in the Supercoach circles, in the, the Supercoach games. Um, so we'll cover the Thunder and Heat, big analysis on those ahead of their double game week next round. Uh, we'll drop our bold predictions and talk about a few other things as well. Just going to start with one little topic to kick things off, uh, and it's something you're interested in, Fish, that you actually brought up. But it's the benefit of, <clears throat> of targeting guns – over maybe the, the popular du- double game week options where, you know, we go for double game week options all the time and think, you know, it's the obvious move. But at the same time, these guns who aren't on the double or might have a double in three or four rounds time, they're the ones going big. We're seeing with guys like Mujib, Sean Marsh to a lesser degree. Um, yeah, mate, what are your thoughts on that, Fish? Yeah, I guess what made me think of it, Tim, was probably just watching your Supercoach team fly past mine in the rankings <laughs> as you uh, – 
uh, bring in Sean Marsh sort of a, a week earlier when he was in sort of some pretty dire form and, and also uh, bring in Majib, uh, who was flying under the radar, even though he's the, the second best T20 bowler in the world. And uh, they, they both chalked out some, some massive scores for you. Uh, so one of those had a double game week coming up. Um, but, but either way, uh, both uh, super coach guns, either um, in the past or in the making. And uh, I, I probably haven't uh, sort of looked outside of the double game week as a, enough this season, I, I think. Uh, and if we are going to climb the rankings, I think – Double game weekers will get us so far, but but everyone's going to choose from the same pool of players, so so we need to look a bit outside. So I know the Spire's done that as well with Milan as the um, the top T20 batsman in the world, and and Milan scored really well for him, uh, even though Maxi was playing in the same game and and uh, probably offset that a little bit. But yeah, I think guys like that are who we're really going to need to look at. Uh, in the coming rounds and I suppose even the Scorchers and Stars do still have a double game week so we can potentially look at some of those players uh, as well as kind of early pods a bit like you did with Sean Marsh. Yeah all, all really fair shouts mate and Spy what are your thoughts on the issue in you know targeting those pods um, and you know they're pods but they're world class batsmen like Darwin Milan who's the, the top ranked T20 batsman by a mile um, you mentioned Majid there a few times second best bowler in T20 cricket uh, and they're going big and it's hardly surprising um, yeah you brought in Milan um, Spy what, what are your thoughts? Yeah it's one of them tricky ones for me it's a little bit about balance you don't want to do too much of that stuff and be left with no double game week guys but if you can forego someone who's maybe 130k that might not necessarily dominate a double game week and instead get a bloke like Milan for example at 160k who has the potential to really really go off and I think it could be worth it um there's no sort of right or wrong answer for mine at the end of the day it's sort of tricky to get in a gun like for example, this week I could decide potentially between getting Maxwell back or getting someone like Daniel Sams for the double. Someone like Sams is so good and so expensive, you might not be able to choose between both. And someone who's really good quality and has the double game week in the the real near future, then you probably need them, but then you lose out on Maxi. So it's the beauty of Supercoach, isn't it? It's trying to decide who to grab and who's going to score the most points for your side. Um, ideally, you'd be bring both in, but the way this year's going with a lot of bats failing, I'm finding myself losing a lot of cash when blokes are getting single-digit scores, especially up the top of the order. Like a few of those openers are just not scoring well at times. If you do it two or three weeks running, you suddenly have a bloke who was worth 150K, might now be worth 110K. If three blokes do that, you then got to be looking for money as well. So... You can't necessarily afford to bring in a stud who plays a single game. So it's really hard. And I think teams who are in a position of strength in terms of cash generation, I know yourself, Tim, have made a heap of cash in the last few weeks. So you might be afforded the luxury of bringing someone in like Milan and Daniel Sams and Maxwell or something like that, which is luxurious. Whereas I looked at my side yesterday with full intentions of grabbing Christian and Philippi or maybe grabbing Maxwell back but I could only get James Vince on the double at hundred grand because that's all my cash would afford me after a rough week or so. Um, so it's going to be different for everyone, but I do think if you can target 
at least one guy who you think might go off. We'll get to him maybe later on, but my one looking forward is Jai Richardson from Perth. He looks outstanding. He's not super, super expensive yet, and if I can plug him in, maybe he can be a little bit of a, a bloke to take on Maxwell if I can't get him in or one of those double game week guys. But cricket's tough, boys. It's it's so much harder than footy, I tell you. It's, there's a bit of luck involved. There's plenty of luck involved in cricket. As we know, blokes can score 100 one week and get two ducks the next week, so... Anything can happen, but I guess that's what makes it so interesting. In short, I'd love to target maybe a guy or two who's a little bit against the grain uh, and has that potential to really, really go off. So not a mid-range guy, but just a premium gun who might be able to afford. But, yeah, lots of chat there, but I hope that made sense. Yeah, yeah no, it, it made sense. And I think <coughs> the point that stood out to me, and this comes up in topic over and over and over again, but – um, it's just that cash generation and targeting the low break even guys, and it's you see it's it's probably more uh, of a focus in NRL Supercoach and I suppose AFL Supercoach. I think because people have the mindset that you know it's a longer season, there's more time that you need that cash for the back end of the year. You think the BBL tournament's shorter, sharper, so cash generation uh, isn't as relevant, but. We're seeing it now with, as you said, by the inability to, to afford some of these top line guys. Whereas, hopefully, if all things go to plan, uh, guys or sorry, teams with this cash generation happening are going to be able to go gung ho and hopefully finish with a real big bang. So, you should never uh, discredit to that low break even and cash generation um, in Supercoach BBL. Um, anything to add there, Fish? Yeah, I think with. The other major difference between BBL and the football codes is that there are three trades around, so it generally gives a little bit more scope to look at one or sometimes two pods within your trade. So definitely having a look at that, and, and I've kind of found as well that third trade is often the one that, that causes me the most trouble naturally because uh, your, your first two, you, there's usually kind of a standout option uh, then something else, and then uh, it, it gets a little bit more difficult. So if if you can if you can nail your, your three in, in one week, it, it can really set you on the right path, and, and naturally that's going to be different um, depending on each team's makeup. So yeah, definitely something to think about. And if you are a little bit short on cash generation, um, trying to use that to uh, sort of get your side in good shape for the coming weeks. Yeah, that's it, mate. Utilise that third trade potentially as rather than getting a guy who's, who you want playing in your side that week, even if it is just one of the, the bargain basement cheapies who's got a really low break even, bringing them in, not necessarily playing them, maybe <clears throat> having a loophole opportunity, but, yeah, a good good thought going forward. Hey, big news today. Uh, we knew it was looming, but the Afghanistan's tour of Ireland – sorry, it's not of Ireland. They're playing against Ireland in the UAE starting on January 18. Uh, unsurprisingly, Mujib, Rashid Khan, and Nabi have all been picked in that squad. Availability is on the fence a little bit at the moment. We don't really know. Uh, the early word that I'm seeing is that they'll be leaving on the 9th of January, so only about a week away there. What this would mean would be that Mujib would miss the second game of the double game week for the Heat. Uh, Rashid and Nabi play each other on the 8th, so hopefully they'd sneak that in, but uh, really something to monitor. Um and before trades this week, but probably more so ahead of next week's trades. Uh, really, really important news there on three very key players. 
Guys, if you are interested in our subscription content, we've got a stack of additional stuff that's locked to our subscribers only, uh, including the subscriber special podcast, which answers all your questions each, each week. Get your questions in for that. It is a short turnaround in game week, so it can be hard. Um, but we do have the Big Bash package for the remainder of the season for $20. And if you're into the NRL stuff as well, we'll have nine months of content worth of that. Uh, and it's $40 for the two of those packages. So jump onto the website and do that if you'd like to support the site and get a bit of an additional insight each round. Fellas, let's jump on to the analysis of the Sydney Thunder. And I'll start with you, Spy. Mate, do you own any Thunder players at the moment? And going into that double game week next week, obviously we've got to be looking at Thunder and Heat players. Who are the Thunder guys that you're eyeing off at the moment or perhaps not so keen on? Yeah, so I'm happy. I already own two of the guys, which sets me up a lot better than it did for this double game week anyway. So I've got Ollie Davies, who I initially brought in he was about 80 grand when I got him in. We know he has the capability of going large because he scores so quickly in those those late overs. I don't think he didn't get a bat the other day due to rain, but obviously that's not his fault. So the fact I've got him on board is fantastic at a cheap price there. Um, I also brought Sanger after his monster score, um, and he scored he scored 80 for me the first week, which was great. And then he only got a couple of overs in the rain the other night, but did take a wicket. I think he looks the goods, boys. Uh, I've watched him all tournament, and he's one of the guys I went early on. I think he's almost a must uh, if named. If everything, I mean, he's definitely get named, but everything going to play in there. So I'd look to get him in probably with your trades this week if you can. I think he's class, and across two games, he could get a monster score for you there. Uh, the two other real big, the, the obvious ones, but they're good, are Daniel Sams. I know a lot of people own him already, and he's expensive, but with the news on Rashid Khan coming through, it might make a nice little trade from Rashid across to Daniel Sams um, in the next game or two, setting himself for that double with, with a gun player, Ruben captaincy option as well. Uh, and the other one who's just been in blistering touch is, is Alex Hales. How good has he looked in the last two games? Wow. And he got out to a cracking catch, catch of the summer probably the other day. Uh, he could have been on track for another big one. I think I'll use my trade this week to get him in uh, before he skyrockets too much. Uh, and he's a huge captaincy option as well, boys. So they're probably my big three. There's a few other guys in there who I'll, I'll let you guys discuss, but I think they're, they're my big three, three or four guys from the Thunder. Yeah, all very interesting points there. I'm with you on Sam's. I'm thinking so expensive, but, I mean, he's, he's expensive for very good reason. He's an absolute superstar of super coach. So um, I'm eyeing him off as well, despite the price tag. He's he's a must-have for next week, and he should just about be everyone's captain next week as well. Fish, what have you got? Yep, definitely agree on Sam's. And in the double game week, he plays the first game of the round, which, which makes him pretty well a, a lock VC choice uh i like the idea of bringing him in this round as a backup captain as well which we'll we'll talk about uh a bit later on but the others i like uh the spy touched on alex hales agree with that and he's he's rising in price pretty rapidly so he looks like he may need to come in this week uh for my sides usman kawadra as well uh scored about 60 super coach points this week and uh, it's pretty affordable too. I think he's around the 100K mark. And uh, agree on Tanvis Sanger. I, I don't have him. Uh, he's been a revelation this season. And I think I'm always cautious, I guess, with a, a first-season player. But I tend to favour bowlers as well in 
Supercoach BBL, so I probably prefer to get him in over some of the others. Uh, so I could well see myself with uh, probably the, the four being Sam Sanger, Kawadra and Howes leading into the double game week. And unfortunately, I don't have Ollie Davies, but uh, well done to everyone who got on him. Yeah, I'm, I'm very with you on that. Um, some really, really interesting prospects there. And I think Kawaj is going to be pretty close to a must-have, not necessarily this week, but next week, purely just because of his price tag. You know, I'm not saying he's in the top two, necessarily even three players at the Thunder in terms of Supercoach, but just we can't have all these guns. We don't have enough money to do it, so you've got to cut costs somewhere. And Usman Kawaj at around that 100K price tag allows us to get guys like Sam's in. Um, and he's showing some pretty good form. He's made a lot of starts without going on with any but he does look the good. So Uzi Kwash is coming in for me either this week or next week. Spy, Ben Cutting, he's a, a bit of a polarizing one. He was, We know what he can do with the bat and ball when given the opportunity. We know what he can do in Supercoach when he gets that opportunity. He's had a tough start to this campaign because of the limited opportunity, but he's going to be below 140K coming into the double game week. So he's dropped a fair bit of value. <coughs> Is he a guy that you see as a pod or is he just not getting those overs and um, batting high enough up the order to warrant it? Yeah, mate, I don't like the risk. I'd much prefer grabbing someone like Kawaja who's cheaper and you know he's going to open the batting. Um, Cutting's looked really good with the bat actually when he's got a chance this summer. Hitting him really cleanly, but his lack of overs overs are a worry. Uh, Certainly if you own him, it's not a concern because you don't have to use a trade to get him, but trades are pretty valuable this time of year. Uh, I'll probably be steering clear of him just on the fact that I'm just not certain he's going to get that opportunity in in both games. Um, If he does, he could definitely go really well because he looks in reasonable form with the blade, but, yeah, it's a no from me. Yeah, he's a huge pot option, but, again, I I tend to agree. I just – in there, yeah, I just – I won't be getting in this round, for that's for sure. Um, but you'd want to see him batting at that sort of five, six spot uh, and getting at least three overs to warrant him because while he's lost cash, he's still pretty expensive. Um, over to you, Fish. A couple more to touch on in this side that I think are important to note. A guy I'm really keen on is Adam Milne, but I'm apprehensive to do it because of his durability. Um He's fit and good to go. We know he missed the start of the tournament through injury, uh, and then he was rested last game for the Thunder. I think he's, uh, again, I'm throwing out must-have probably a little bit too much, but close to a must-have at just over 130K if we know he's playing the double. Um, But is there too much uncertainty around him going into the double round, or is he a guy that you'll be looking at uh, carefully? Yeah, I've decided that I think there is too much uncertainty about him purely because the Thunder played the two games in the three days. So I think he was kind of rested with some form of ankle soreness or something like that for the last game, which tends to suggest to me that uh, there's a little bit too much risk there for the the double game week. And uh, on cutting, uh, he did score one this week as well. So I think he will drop a bit further in price if anyone's considering him as a pod selection. He's, he's definitely the master of that strike rate bonus, um, but another who comes with, with risk for a different reason due to his role. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Fish, just the last one to touch on. Sam Billings, English international, wicketkeeper bat, 1.4% ownership. Obviously had English duty. Uh, I don't think he actually played games for England, but I believe he was late to the tournament because he was with the squad perhaps. 
Um, but does Billings interest you? He scored a ton against Australia in a one-day series in September, had a half century in that series as well. Again, massive, massive potter. I assume a few will get on going into the double game round, but is he on your radar? He's not on mine only because I've got Josh Phillippe in there who I'm happy to lock in probably for the remainder of the season. Uh, but if anyone didn't own one of the, the gun wicket keepers, I, I could see a good case for getting him in for the double game week. Yeah, well, I mean, I could be one of those. I've got Alex Carey at the moment, who's a guy that I'm pretty happy to, to hold on to for the majority of the tournament, uh, particularly after his big score last week. Uh, but again, Billings on that double as a massive pod, you know, it's something that I'll be considering probably close to the next week. Let's move on to the Brisbane Heat, uh, which are a very – they're not showing terrific form in the actual BBL, probably a bit like the Renegades, but there are guys that are scoring well and are pretty appetising as far as Supercoach goes – Spy, I'll start with you, mate. Who do you own already in that side? Uh, who are the guys that you're eyeing off? And start me off, Jack Wildermuth. Is he a must-have at the moment? He'll be onwards of that 160K mark after this round. Um, Wildermuth, yes or no? Well, he was must-own until last night, until he dropped right down the order and bowled three overs. All of a sudden, not so sure. I own him, so I'm very happy to to do that. Happy to keep owning him, obviously. But I think he's a real – I wouldn't buy him this week. I'd wait to see what happens next game for Brisbane, and then you can make a call. If he's batting anywhere in the top five or six, then I think he's a must because, gee, he's a talented dude. Um, but that is concerning. He went right down to, what, seven or eight last night. So just give it one more match, I think, if you don't own him, and see what happens there on the Wildebeest. Yeah, it's um, and it was crazy. Like he's batting so well, and then he was dropped so far down the order, which shows a little bit of depth in the order now they've got a few new blokes in there, including Gregory. Um, I mean, Mujib, he's an obvious one that we want to target, but again, while he's going to go up in price and you're probably losing a bit of value there, the fact that we don't know if he's going to be available for that double game, would you be getting Mujib if he only plays the double spy or not? If he well, plays, only plays one game, should yeah. I say? He was locked in for me as a, a trade priority, but I think now probably not. Uh, I'll check to see what price he is after this week, but I think I'll probably look to maybe instead of getting Majib, get someone who's cheaper with a low break even, just as a gas generation thing. Um, pretty happy to leave Majib out. It'll be scary, and if he plays two games and you own him like you do, you'll be absolutely cheering. But I think with other sort of other options on the table with that with that upcoming tour, I'll probably avoid Majeev now. Yeah, hopefully we get news on whether we get to play that double before round eight starts, um, which you'd like to think we would, but there's been a lot of uh, not misinformation, more a lack of information at the moment. But again, with changing border conditions and all sorts of things going on, it has made it tough uh, in their defence. Hey, Fish, who are the guys you like? And start me off, Lewis Gregory. He's going He's going to be at about over 190K when the lockout ends. Um, very enticing, batting Bowling a few overs, like three to four overs at the moment. Batting at number five, I think he was last night. Looked really good with the blade. Is he a guy you're willing to fork out the money for or not? Yeah, I think he is for the double game week. I wouldn't see myself holding on to him for too much longer after that. But, uh, yeah, he looks pretty exciting. I, I, with, with the ball, he's pretty expensive, but he, he seems to strike pretty regularly. Uh, which is consistent with his T20 record. And, yeah, he proved himself with the bat in, in the Gabba conditions uh, last night. So, 
Yeah, definitely a guy to, to look at, I think. And five's a good position too, given the, the wealth of um, batting that the, the Heat have. I, I'd probably be inclined to give him another week because he'll probably drop in price again and you can just sort of see how that Heat lineup's looking because they've, they've probably got quite a few players potentially coming in as well over the next two weeks, uh, which I, I guess I can touch on now. Uh, uh, I see earlier today there's a chance that Swepson, Lynn and Morkel could all or some of mm. be back, uh, which yeah. is certainly any of those would be appealing. Mitch Swepson in particular is a guy who a lot of us have had our eye on, I think, at around 105K, and he uh, he proved to do as well as Zampa in some of the ODIs, uh, I think, or it might have been the T20s actually for Australia uh, earlier in the season. So Zampa's super coach output is about 60 points, so... Swepson can match that. He'll be he'll be a gun and uh, at a at a great price too. Uh, wouldn't want to go into a double game week without Chris Lynn if he's available. Although uh, best to probably wait until as late as possible to trade him in, given the injury records. And uh, it'd be interesting to see how Mornay Morkel goes when he does get a run. Uh, he hasn't played a whole lot of cricket in the last year, but uh, you know with his height and. If he gets a few bouncy decks, he could definitely be a handful. Yeah, good point you make there. And so, I mean, what it um, probably infers is that with these guys potentially coming in, uncertainty over Mujib, is that if you're looking to get in, well, we're all going to be looking to get in heat players, but maybe it's worth waiting until next week, so after round seven, so that we know more about the availability of these guys. The Thunder lineup looks to be a little bit more solidified. Um, so if you probably get your Thunder players in this week, it's a really, really good shout, and, and I'll be taking that one on board, mate. Um, Maxi Bryan is ticking along really nice. He had a little bit of a slow start. I was going to trade him out a couple of times, but didn't really need to. Came into this round with a negative 39 break-even, scored 70-odd points, so plenty of money to be made for him, uh, and I'll be trading him out after that double. Hopefully he can score a few runs during it. Spy, anyone else there at the thun- at the heat that you like? And probably another one to touch on is uh, what's his face? Who have I- I've got in my side, young fella. Basically. Basley, yeah, yeah, that's that's what I'm looking for. Um, Basley, who's been really good, but again, just getting, despite looking good, limited opportunity with sort of bat and ball. Some weeks he bowls a few overs, bats higher up. The other weeks back down the order, doesn't really bowl. Uh, I own him. I'll be watching him very carefully as to whether I play him in round eight, um, pending on his opportunity. Spy, will you be looking at him or a bit of uncertainty there? That is, could be the perfect option if I need some cash. Uh, teams that need that that cheaper option as one of their third trades, then Basley could be it. Um, they seem to like him, even though he doesn't get a chance every time he went. He batted ahead of Wildermuth last night, I believe. And, yeah, I think if, if you're in need of a cheaper guy, I think he's a nice target there. Yeah, and at the price, he, um, that's the thing. I mean, in two games, if he gets a – one good score with the battle takes two or three wickets with the ball at any point. He'll have justified his price pretty well, so one to target. Um, Fish, anything to add on the Brisbane Heat? Yeah, I think I probably disagree with that, uh, unfortunately, on, on uh, Basley because I, I reckon he's a weapon of a player. But mm. I just uh, I have concerns over his role. I, I think batting at seven and he only bowled the one over last night and with all these other players potentially coming back as well, um, he's uh, prior to price changes, he was around 80k with a 73 in his rolling average. So he's probably going to be more expensive again. Um, 
so it's it's good for you, I reckon, already having him, and he's the ideal kind of emergency loop type player. But I, I don't know that I'd be bringing him in at this stage. Um, another one uh, on on the radar is is Joe Burns, uh, <clears throat> who uh, obviously just can't take a trick at the moment. Uh, I, I don't think I'd be inclined to bring him in this round either. Uh, but uh, he just needs, I think, a couple of things to go his way, and then he'll remember, um, I guess, sort of uh, what it's like to be in form and, and hopefully get flying again. Yeah, Burns has won massively on my radar. It sounds silly with the form he's in, but, I mean, he's coming back as the Australian test opener. But, again, pure, purely a price grab, sort of not a price grab, but he's 73K at the moment. Um, wow. Squad terrible. But, yeah, but he did open the bat. I said former Australian opener, very recently former. But um, at that price, opening the bat in a double game week with the class we've seen from him in the past, he's going to be really hard to pass up. Uh, the beauty of it is because he scored poorly this week, we can have another look at him this round and hopefully see a bit more form going into it. But, um, yeah, he's going to be a tough bloke to pass off, in my opinion. Uh, lads, let's jump into our round seven bold predictions. Uh, we're a little bit early this week to to recap last week's bold predictions, so we'll do that next podcast. But I'll start with you, Spy. What are your bold predictions for round seven? Yeah, boys, we'll go Alex Hales, 100-plus points. Uh, he's just in – he's in sizzling touch, so I think he might be able to roll on there. And I think he's got a decent bat, batting wicket as well. I had a quick look out before I wrote down my predictions. I'm going to stick – I haven't seen this bloke play yet this round because he's on tonight, but Mitchie Marsh is my little run-home superstar, I'm hoping, who's going to get me back in the action. I think Mitchie Marsh for 100-plus. I think that was my bold prediction last time as well, so we'll double it up and see how he goes. Uh, and you know what? I was having a look at Marcus Stoinis is very cheap now. I think he's quite well owned still because a lot of people held him, but um, I'm going to have a good look at Stoinis at a nice price there and back him in for 80 plus super coach points next round. Yeah, good good spot. I say good spot. It sounds funny because it's Marcus Stoinis, um, you know, I think he was the top scoring player last year or, or not far off it behind might have been Darcy Short. Uh, but because he did have that bit of time off, a bit of a spell from cricket, when I say spell, about two weeks worth, it was very short. Um, he has fallen off radar. He'd be in a lot of sleeper teams, so those zombie teams who aren't actually playing, who pick teams at the start of the year. Um, so, yeah, again, uh, I mean, probably not a pod because enough teams have held him, but uh, one to properly eye off in the next couple of rounds, especially the Stars do have another double at the end of the season. Um, Fish, what have you got for us, mate? Yeah, I've reined myself in after uh, going really hard early. I, I um, didn't realise we were going to be held accountable for these. I thought it was just like being at the pub where I could say whatever I wanted and get away with it. But uh, No chance, mate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'll rein them in a little bit. I think uh, Daniel Sam's 120-plus SC points, uh, hopefully to mark a nice uh, welcoming to many uh, super coach sides. I, uh, I've been watching Billy Stan, like, particularly yesterday, and I think he might have turned it around a little bit. And I'm going to back him in for 100-plus, which is still probably a little high, but, you know, <laughs> it sounds, sounds better than 90-plus. So I'll go 100-plus SC points. And uh, I'll back Joe Burns. I, I think uh, he needs a little bit of luck to turn around. I'll back that he'll get it and get 80-plus super coach points. I love how you reigning in your predictions is Billy Stanlake going a hundred plus. Yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be twenty plus by the end of the season, I reckon, Timmy. Yeah. Oh, fish, mate. I'm I'm all about 
all about this. During the footy season, I was throwing out these pub-like predictions, thinking they were a bit of fun. <laughs> week on the pod, you get hammered and you get questioned on Twitter. It was all in very good fun, but tell you what, the, the pressure's on for something that's meant to be a bit of a laugh, I tell you. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, uh, the, the week uh, before I came on, Tomo got hammered for, for making some very um, well-considered uh, predictions, so I thought I'd, I'd better go out hard, but uh, somewhere in the middle seems to be the way to go. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. <laughs> There's nothing fun in games about Supercoach. We're here to win the top gong, and it's all, all serious. It's all business. <laughs> um, I'm going with <clears throat> Darwood Milan, who I'm looking very closely at bringing in this week to go 100-plus. I mean, we've spoken about him week after week. The Spies already got him in his side, but I think Milan is just – he showed his class last game, and he can go big again. Uh, and another one that I know the Spy likes, but Jai Richardson to go 100-plus. Big fan of his as well, and a guy I'm eyeing off – within the next week or two as well. Uh, guys, I did um, skip past one little segment. Were there any other trade targets outside of those key Thunder and Heat guys that you're looking at bringing in this week's by? Yeah, we've already mentioned them, but the four I wrote down were Maxwell. If you don't have him, you have to seriously consider getting him back in. He's just playing so well. Um, I do, on saying in saying that, however, He's a batsman. He's not going to score 50 runs every innings, although the form he's in is looking very good. There's going to be a couple of failures there, and when he does fail, he doesn't necessarily bowl more than two overs with the ball. So if you're bowled like I am and chasing a few points after the last few days, you can look to leave him out potentially and hope that he finally has a couple of failures in him. But as I said, the form he's in, you've got to seriously consider getting him back if you don't already. Uh, then Jai Richardson, Mitch Marsh and David Milan were my three others that we've touched on already that I think are serious potential for the run home. Yep, sweet. I, I think Maxwell's a must-have. I really do. <clears throat> I'd be doing everything. I'd be moving heaven and earth to get him in this week. He's bowling, not necessarily big overs, but he's bowling every game. He's batting exceptional touch and just looking an absolute class above. We've seen him produce some big, big scores already this season. He has a 148, a 143, and then a 150 this week. I mean, you've just I think you've got to have him in your side and just bite the bullet and fork out the cash despite not having a double game week. Yeah, um, and just just quite just quickly, Tim, he also does have a double game week later on in the year and he's batting so well, but he could have easily scored another forty or fifty runs, I think it was last night. So he could potentially be in line for a two hundred single game super coach match. So yeah, after saying just what I said before, I think I agree with you, mate, he's probably a must. You really need to try getting back in. Yeah, got some serious Tedesco vibes of uh, Big Bash Supercoach. Fish, who are the guys you're eyeing off outside of those sort of double game weekers? Yeah, well, uh, I I mentioned Stan Lake before. I I don't think you'll fit with my side because I'm probably more inclined to wait and look at some of those uh, cheaper price heat players. But if someone was looking for a bowler around that 100K mark, he's a I think he's a reasonable option who's going to rise in price leading into the Stars double game week. Uh, personally, I, I still don't have Finch, and, and that's a worry any time he bats. So uh, I uh, would would still consider him. Um, <clears throat> agree on Mitch Marsh and Joe Richardson. Uh, another from the Scorchers, probably to watch uh, this afternoon or evening, is Jason Berendorf, who's around the 100K mark yep. and we've been talking about for a while. Go, Barrow. Yeah. And uh, Nathan Ellis, um, batted uh, at four last night uh, before getting a golden duck. So it could be short-lived, but uh, I'm pretty sure everyone uh, took notice of, of that. And then he, he was two for 12 with the ball or something like that and and I think bowled a little bit of the death too. So looks like he's come good just as soon as we've all traded him out, but he's probably more one for the watch list as well. 
Yep. Yeah, so relatively similar ones there. For me, Dale Milan, possibly this week. We'll see hey, what I can manoeuvre. But Jai Richardson, who I think we're all keen on, it's just a matter of biting the bullet and doing it rather than saying it. And the Scorchers do have the double coming up in round 10, I believe it is as well. So uh, as we, we, we talked about earlier in the show, but there's no harm in getting in, in early. I think I wouldn't mind having just one more look at Richardson just to see where he bats in that order. It'd probably be seven or eight, but we've seen him promoted a couple of times when the top order have done well. Uh, and, of course, Mitch Marsh is still pretty low ownership. Um, I mean, the way he bowled last game, I think he has to nearly just about bowl his three or four overs again. He's batting up the order. Pretty affordable, so a massive, massive target for me. Fellas, let's finish it off with our trade plans for the next couple of weeks. Spy, I'll start with you. Uh, mate, we've touched on a lot of them already, but who do you think could be coming in and out this week? Yeah, I've got some big calls to make, but at this stage, possibly Stoinis and Maxwell both back in, especially how, given how cheap Stoinis is. And I'll probably try to grab Alex Howes before he blows well past the 200k mark. Uh, that'll mean I'll have to wait one extra round on Daniel Sams, but I'm okay to do that uh, before targeting two other guys, probably from that double game week. But I'll also have a really good hard look at Jai Richardson. Um, and as Fish said earlier, I might get Jai Richardson instead of one of them double game guys. I'll just have to weigh it up uh, and see how we go, boys. Yeah, very nice. Uh, Fish? Yeah, I'm pretty keen to get Daniel Sams in as a captaincy option, unless I sort of think Rasheed Khan will be a, a better captain. But, uh, yeah, other than that, also looking at Hales and Kawaja, uh, I don't know that I really want to go any of their heat players yet. Um, one who we didn't mention was Mark Steckerty, who took four wickets last night. I think uh, he's been around for a while now. He's about 26 or 27 and um, has probably matured a bit as a as a bowler and uh, seems to be bowling pretty well at the death for the heat. But then there's there's more cool to come back as well. Um, not that I think that that would affect his overs, but um, it's just another sort of thing that's that's up in the air. So... I'll consider Steckity as well. Um, Kawaj is probably uh, at, at the best price we're going to get him, so he looks good. And um, next round I'll start looking at all those heat players and um, all in all I'm pretty well moving on all my uh, Sixers and Renegades players along with uh, Rashid Khan if he's not available um, for uh, the round eight double game week. Uh, Steckity's a great cook, mate. Steckity's a really good shout. Mm. Yeah, he... Uh, he does bat as well, all right. I remember um, he was a good shout uh, locally for a, a six-hitting competition many, many years ago, um, but he, I had a look at his stats and it hasn't quite transferred yet, although he did, um, I think, knock out a couple of sixes and fours a little while ago. Um, so, yeah, one to look at. Yeah, interesting one. I haven't had a good look at Steckity, but I uh, definitely will be now. <clears throat> I'm looking at either of probably Sam's or Milan in the next or both of them for the next two weeks. Uh, but as you touched on before, Fish, I think I just like Sam's as that captaincy option this week, particularly because Maxi, who I've been locking in just about every week when there hasn't been a double, the star's playing the first game of the round, so I want him as my VC option. So we'll probably go with Sam's this week. Uzi Kwaja, I like at the price. I did have Gregory to come in this week, but all your chat about the Heat has me a little bit worried. I already own a few Heat players, so I'm a little bit concerned there. So I'm thinking maybe I'll go Alex Hales over Gregory this week. Uh, and then the next week it'll be probably Milan as a bit of a pod, not on the double. Joey Burns, if he shows a touch of form, and then, yeah, probably Gregory then. But, again, there's, there's a lot of options to weigh up ahead of that round eight double. Spy captains? Yeah, I'm actually not 100% sure yet. I'll probably make, make another gut call like I did yesterday and just wait to see what I'm thinking. But, 
any of those big guns are good. Milan batted really well, but I think in a single game week, I want an all-rounder. So I'm, I might throw it on Mitch Marsh. We are. Yeah, Marsh, he's still a massive pod for you as well, so that's a really good call. Yep. Um, Fisher, are you looking at? Yeah, pretty vanilla. Uh, Maxi first up uh, could very easily get the job done, but if not, uh, I'd like Daniel Sams. Um, and uh, with the rolling lockout as well, it's it's always kind of worth waiting on your trades if, if you can, and um, who knows how that will uh, all work out. But, yeah, I'd say Maxi VC and uh, Sams captain. Yeah, nice one. I've got, same as you, uh, Maxi VC, <clears throat> Sam's provided comes in as my skipper. Uh, and then just one a note for round eight when you do your skippers there, the Thunder playing game one. So make sure you've got your VC on one of them players. Uh, likely, again, Sam's will be a massive, massive VC option there for, for most teams. And then my captain, pending on his role in round seven, but I don't mind the looks of Wildermuth, who's looking really good, uh, and then potentially Gregory as well, but a little bit to play out there. Fellas, you've been massive once again on the short, short turnaround. Spy, thank you very much, mate. Cheers, fellas. Been good. And uh, Fish, appreciate it, mate. Thanks, lads. Good luck. All right. Cheers, guys. Thanks for tuning in.